Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time it is, wherever you are in the world. I will never get tired of this greeting because you know what? This is the most all-inclusive greeting ever. Welcome to episode 40 of Living Truthfully. Ah, I cannot thank you enough for all the encouragement you continually give me every week. Let me tell you, this last week I've received phone calls, I've received texts, I've even received a therapy offer, which you know, I shamelessly took, because you know, this healing journey ain't gonna happen by itself. Thank you guys for all this feedback, I live for it. So keep it coming, at Amani Maranga on all social media platforms, amanimaranga at gmail.com. Keep it coming, I wanna hear everything you want to say. About a month ago, we did a series called Scars and Stilettos. It is about the pain men get from women. Now, I've always maintained that this is not a gender issue. Rather, that bad people do bad things, both men and women. There are many stories of things that bad men do to women. But many things that happen to the men go unreported, especially in this part of the world, due to shame. To be honest, as I did this series, and even every time I have conversations about my own pain that has been inflicted by women, I feel like a sissy. I feel like a crybaby. I feel like I'm not man enough when I speak about being hurt by a woman, whatever it is, even a slight hurt. She says no to a date. I feel bad. I feel like I'm not a man enough, you know? I'm learning that silence, however, is not the answer. This podcast is meant to help me speak my truth. And as fate would have it, my producer, shout out to the award-winning super producer, Mr. Lee of Big City Studios. Well, he came across this article that validated not just my pain from the past, but also the way I feel when I face rejection. So this was a CNN article written by a lady called Michelle Barford, and she interviews a psychologist uh, who is also an author and filmmaker, I'll introduce him shortly, called Dr. Jay Carter. You can check out the link to the full article on the show notes of this episode. Now, let me first introduce Mr. Jay Carter. Mr. Jay Carter is a psychologist. He's a writer, an author rather, he's a speaker, and he's a filmmaker. From and he has won awards for the bipolar light and the bully caterpillar. Everyone knows a man or a person who has been hurt, betrayed, or degraded by nasty individuals or has experienced it themselves. In his three books, Nasty Women, Nasty Men, <laughs> and Nasty People, Dr. J. Carter, the psychologist, shows readers how to stop this cycle of overt and sometimes covert abuse without resorting to nasty tactics. He's known for his plain, spoken, common-sense approach to dealing with today's common behavioral issues from bipolar disorder, bullying, anger management, and self-esteem. Check out his work on www.jcarter.net. You can also find his books there. So in his interview with Michelle Bufford of CNN, her first question in that article, which was titled Women's Power to Heart Men's Ego, he, she asked Dr. J., You've written that most women have no idea of their power to wound men. Where does this power originate? 
Now, his response in the article introduced a fascinating concept for me. In fact, let me read you part of his response verbatim. He said, During a boy's most important developmental period, his first five years, he usually gets his self-esteem from his mother. I didn't know that. So, we jump a bit and he says, Years later, when that boy meets someone he wants to spend his life with, he unconsciously gives her what he calls his jujube doll. A kind of voodoo-like doll. This is the name he gives for the part of a man's self-esteem that's vulnerable to a woman's opinion of him. Let me repeat that. This guy gives the woman he loves a part of his self-esteem that's vulnerable to a woman's opinion of him. And that's what he refers to this jujube doll. And he says, if she sticks a pin in his doll, he recoils. Most women he talks to don't realize the kind of influence they have over men. Reading this article and intrigued with the idea of this jujube doll, we reached out to Dr. J, who graciously agreed to a phone conversation all the way from Pennsylvania in the US of A. Hello, Mr. Carter. This conversation yeah. was hilarious. It was light-hearted. It was genuine. His laughter so liberated. <laughs> Yet deep and meaningful. And I'd like to share that conversation with you. <laughs> so here goes. I'd like to pick up from the interview that you had with Michelle Bufford. And you talk about this. Sure. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to call it. A jujube doll. Jujube doll. A jujube doll. <laughs> and basically, you, you, say, yeah. you, you say that when we meet someone uh, that we want to spend our life with, we unconsciously give this ladies this, this doll, like a this kind of voodoo doll. And she's literally <laughs> grabbing us by, you know, the nuts. How? Right. <laughs> Talk to me about that phenomenon. Well, a little boy uh, spends his developmental years, his most important years, with his mother. Mm -hmm. You know, from infancy till age five. And so, where does he get his self esteem? Uh, from his mother. His mother is the major part of self-esteem and then when he grows up and he you know it, it even says in the bible which is not a religious thing but it, it says a man cleaves to his mother mm -hmm. and then he leaves his mother and he cleaves to his wife mm. i read that and i thought what is that I, what if i don't want to cleave to anyone and you know all this and basically what that's saying is that all over the world, you know, the this is the way it is. A, a man gets his self-esteem from his mother. Mm -hmm. And then he, you know, transfers that to his wife. Now, she doesn't maybe know this. Mm. Probably not. She doesn't, maybe she doesn't want to be responsible for her self-esteem. But it's still kind of the way it is. So a man, uh, 
puts his that part of his self-esteem in his wife's hands and then she does with it whatever she does with it. Um, if she criticizes him all the time, if she, you know, because she becomes the most important woman in his life, and if she's not happy with him, uh, then he's not happy with himself. It's just, you know, that he wants to please his wife, mm. you know. Meanwhile, though, on the wife's part, she wants to make him a better man. And so she ends up, you know, when they get married, she'll uh, complain about something and he'll rush out to fix it. And she'll say, wow, he must really care about me because he's going to fix this thing. And then there'll be another thing. And he'll rush out to fix that, maybe not so fast the second time. Yeah. And there'll be another thing. <laughs> <laughs> and she's trying to make him a better man. And meanwhile, he's getting the idea that she doesn't really like me for the way I am. Mm. You know, she she wants something different and he's getting ideas she's not happy with me yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it's all a big misunderstanding but it's still you know if you look at it years later and you ask the man you know what do you think your wife thinks of you now as compared to when you first got married mm -hmm. and he's liable to say Oh, when we first got married, she thought I was a god. Now she thinks I'm a piece of dirt. <laughs> and then you ask the woman, you know, what do you think your husband now compared to when you first got married? Mm. She's liable to say, well, when we first got married, you know, he was a goofball, but now he's much better now. <laughs> <laughs> and his mouth drops. Like what? You know, because yeah. he's thinking all. She's just not happy with me, but she's just trying to make him a better man. Uh, so that's the misunderstanding that just uh, happens all the time. And and a man, uh, though the the jujube doll <laughs> is this secret little. Thing that he places in her hands mm -hmm. and some women take advantage of that I mean it's uh, it's easy to take advantage of it in a good way yeah and you know so rather than you know uh, if a woman approaches it the right way uh, men are pretty easy you know and she says you know, you're such a good man, such a good father. You know, I really care about you. And then she hits him with the things she wants to complain about. It's no big deal. <laughs> it's like a little thing then. Yeah. You know, could you 
could you please hang the towels back up when you're done with them? <laughs> you great father, and I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course he's going to do it. He's a great father, a great husband, and she really cares about him. So, of course, he's going to hang the towels back up. <laughs> I, I have a question for you, though. And, and and thank you for yeah. explaining this because I I'm wondering first is there any way of being in a relationship without handing over my jujube doll? Is that is uh, that a, is that a real relationship? Does it mean that I'm I'm holding back? Does it mean I'm not being vulnerable? What does that mean if I don't hand over my jujube doll? Is it possible? <laughs> I never have any, never had anybody ask me that question. Um, I think it's hard not to turn it over because mm-hmm. you you do want you know most men want to please their wives. They want to they want to look good in the wife's eye. Mm. Um, but I think there is less of a handing over the jujube doll if you know about it you know and mm-hmm. and you don't take it personally you know when when the wife comes back and she comes back and says negative things um not to take it personally mm. um and ask yourself how is this not about me and then you look for things and you go, she's in a bad mood today. Um, she's had a rough week. Mm-hmm. She's been home alone with the kids. Uh, you know, how is this not about me? Mm. And I think that helps. That's, uh, that's something that I've been doing for the last couple of years. I've been working on that part. How is it, how is it, and, how is it working out for you, Dr. J? Uh, good. You know, um, men uh, are raised uh, not to cry. Don't be a baby. And and women are raised that they can cry, but don't be angry. Because mm-hmm. if you're angry, you you got the B word there. Yes. And uh, so knowing this. Um, and men, rather than when when men get hurt, they get angry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, keeping that in mind, I get in, you know, everybody gets into it. I get into it with my wife. She says something to me. It hurts my feelings. And I get angry. Yes. And then we argue mm-hmm. back and forth, back yeah. and forth. We, we start off shooting paper wads. And then... Then, then we shoot uh, arrows, and then we start shooting bullets, mm-hmm. and then pretty soon it's cannons, <laughs> you know? yeah. and uh, it just escalates. And, yeah. and you know, and everybody has their favorite argument that just never gets, never stops. Yeah. So that one day she says this thing to me, mm-hmm. and I start feeling angry, and then I stop myself and I said. No, you're not angry. She just hurt your feelings. And so I decided to be a little vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I said, well, 
If you meant to hurt my feelings, congratulations, you succeeded. And she looks at me, and I'm waiting, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go at it for another hour. Yeah. <laughs> and she looks at me, and, and she says, I'm sorry. And I thought, what? You mean that's it? <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that was it. She said, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Wow. And I thought, Wow. <laughs> That was easy. <laughs> well, the, I think you have a good woman there. I know Sam who would be like, I'm not even done with your feelings yet. Let me tell you what else I'm going to hurt. And then they get into it and then they go on and on, you know. Um, <laughs> so you got a good woman there. Uh, you, sh- you, sh- you should thank everyone that, you know, came into play, the universe, God, everyone uh, that came into play for this one. I, I have a follow-through question for you, Dr. J. Um, yeah. And, and this, I'm asking these questions because this is really personal to me. Um, how, how, how do I know when I'm handing over my jujube doll? How do I know the process when I'm saying when I'm when I'm giving this woman the power over my feelings, over my esteem, over my you know uh, my ego? Probably you're gonna take in a big breath. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah. uh, if you're committed to this woman, mm. you're. Uh, to a long-term relationship, um, by that time when you're ready to commit, uh, I don't know, I would have checked her out real good first. You know, is this woman good for me? Is she, I mean, uh, you don't want somebody that's just going to constantly build your ego because that's not going to help totally. But you don't want somebody who's going to totally put you down either. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's uh, I can say this because you know nobody in Africa knows her. But yeah, that would be my ex-wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> the only thing I ever got out of that marriage was royalties. I learned so much I was able to write a book (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny (sighs) that is so funny man yeah I I think so when you're when you see yourself being committed Mm. uh, because some women okay two kinds of women yeah one says, hey, you're fat. You really need to exercise. You need to lose weight. And the second woman, you're fat. You need to lose weight. The first woman, though, is ashamed of you. Yeah. You know, don't want you to, don't want to take you to parties and stuff. The mm. second woman is worried about your health. Yeah. So it's the same words, but the intent. It's different. So I think you have to measure a, a woman's intent. What's her motive? Is she marrying you for her? Or is she marrying you because 
she thinks you're special. You know, it's hmm. she marrying you because she wants a husband and have kids, or is she marrying you because she just wants to be with you and wow. maybe have kids. You know, wow. you know, it's uncover the ulterior motive if there is one. You know, what's the ulterior motive? Is her motives pure? Are you being used, in other words? Wow. I, I don't know if you understand the gravity of the words you're saying. Mm. Th- those, are, those are heavy words because for I found that sometimes the distinction between, you know, using somebody mm-hmm. and, and, and then, you know, like, like you say, mar- you know, a woman marrying a man because she wants a husband and kids. And a woman marrying a man because she wants to be with him, sometimes that that mm-hmm. line is very thin, and and people might not. Yeah. You know, sometimes we don't distinguish between those two things. Yeah, I I think eventually though, you can uh, pick off the motives. You know, like my my ex-wife mm-hmm. would have been ashamed of me if I was overweight, mm-hmm. and she would have shamed me. You know, to trying to make me feel bad to manipulate me to do what I have to do to lose weight. My wife now, mm. she would get mad at me, and she'd find all kinds of ways to get me to the gym, <laughs> <laughs> and and she'd be upset with me, but it wouldn't be shaming me. Yeah, you know, she would be concerned about me and she would uh, just want me to lose the weight for my own health yeah because she wants to be with me for longer longer yeah makes sense yeah the first wife might in a way just alright eat yourself to death then I'll go find somebody else after you die <laughs> in fact here's a pie to rhyme with die yeah <laughs> Uh, the imagery that you created for me with this jujube doll is such a powerful imagery and I'm I'm stuck there for a bit because it really just gave um you know a, a picture yeah yeah for something that I've been looking to articulate and and so you you helped you helped create that for me so I have this thing going on right now that um you know, having been divorced and, you know, in a pretty conservative society, you know, so you sort of get through the societal um, murk, the dirt of, you know, being divorced, and then you get out to the other side and you're like, I'm ready to put myself out there. Um, but I have a heavily mutilated jujube doll. Mm, yeah. Uh, it's been stabbed. It's been, you know, they threw a grenade at it. Um, I, I may, I may have done some of the damage myself. Yeah. Uh, how, how do I rebuild this, this doll to something that I can give to somebody else, or do I give them this damaged doll? What do hmm. I do? Well, I've been there. You know, I was married fifteen years, mm. and. My Jujube doll was beat up, 
still in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, then I, I met my wife and I, and I met her, my, my wife now, mm. and I met her too early. Mm-hmm. I was even mad when I met her because mm-hmm. I thought, I'm not ready for this. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but there she was. And I was, I was like, I uh, couldn't help being a little vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, I, and I wanted to test her. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to put the carrot out there on a stick mm. and see if she would eat it or mm-hmm. beat it up or what she would do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but she tested out good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, you know, I had buttons, you know, you get buttons from being traumatized. Yeah. And I remember in our relationship, uh, she would say something and I would Right away, I think it was an innuendo. Mm. Like, what do you mean by that? Are you trying to say I'm a jerk? Mm. And she goes, no. I said, yes, you are. <laughs> You're trying to infer that I'm a jerk. Mm. And she says, no, if I thought you were a jerk, I'd Absolute. call you a jerk. Yeah. And she would, you know? I mean, that's her. But my ex-wife mm-hmm. would just get you to believe that you were a jerk yourself. Mm. I mean, she was that good. (laughs) She wouldn't just call you a jerk, because I could deal with that. She would sit down and talk to you, and when you got up, you would realize what a true jerk you were. (laughs) She'd she'd give you the jerk motivational talk. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) And, uh, so I, I'm accusing my my new wife of that, yeah. you know, and then I mean I think you just have to go through it. Like I, when I was in a good frame of mind mm. with her, I decided that she was a good woman. And then later, when my buttons get pushed, it, it makes me question it. Like, what are you saying? Are you saying I'm a jerk? And she, and then I just had to trust her. And I, it took a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I blamed her for some of the things my ex-wife did, and she had nothing to do with it. Yeah. You know, she suffered because of somebody else. Uh, what someone else had done. Yeah. And I, and I think we all do that. You know, we. Uh, and I didn't mean to make her suffer. Yeah. Uh, it it's just uh, you know when you get shot at yeah. with a cannon, mm-hmm. you're you know you're expecting uh, expecting it to happen again. You have to prepare yourself. And then you know my wife now she's she's just uh, not doesn't have the ulterior motives that my ex-wife had. My ex-wife's ulterior motive was to manipulate and control. And she was really good at it. And my wife now, 
you know, she wants me to do certain things and all that, and it might look like manipulating control to me, but it isn't. You know, it's like, well, do what you want. You know, I'm going to do this, but you could do what you want. She really doesn't want to control me. She really wants me to be have self-determinism. She doesn't want to be with someone who, you know, trying to satisfy her. She doesn't like that. You just be yourself, and sometimes we'll be satisfied, and sometimes we won't. I like that much better. I like that too. And now a word from our sponsors. As a listener, you're aware that we do not charge any money for our content. Although living truthfully is a labor of love, it is not without cost. Things like the internet, recording equipment, software, these are not free, and they can really add up each month. And then there's a the time spent researching, writing, recording, editing, and producing the shows. Before we take on sponsors, we have decided to make this a listener-supported endeavor via donations. Our full content will always be 100% free for all our listeners. We want to give you an opportunity if you wish to offer support. There are several ways that you can donate. The most helpful for us would be a monthly donation. This will help us set a monthly operating budget and plan for future projects. Would you consider a 1,000 shilling monthly donation? You can cancel at any time. For those who would like to do small amounts, we have a weekly option. We invite you to make a 200 Kenyan shillings weekly donation. But we understand if you have a fear of commitment and just want to throw us a one-time donation to say thank you. If this is you, then we invite you to make a 2,500 donation. However, if you want to pick your own amount, we have no shame. We'll take anything you want to give us. We're currently running our donation through an M-Pesa pay bill, which is powered by WeGoPay, a payment gateway generously provided by Laxil Limited. The payment details will be on the show notes of this episode. And now, back to our story. You know, how do I build trust even for myself? You know, even for myself, not just other people, but even for myself to say it's okay to put myself out there. Yeah. As a guy who's made mistakes. Yeah, I know. Not, not even so much being hurt by other people, but even just my own self-esteem. Just, I've made mistakes. I don't want to make mm-hmm. more. I don't want to hurt other people as well if I was a villain uh, in my last marriage. So, you know, I want to do better, but I'm afraid that, yeah. you know, that every time I go and put myself out there, I might be putting myself in a space where I'll hurt other people. How do I deal with that? I can't tell you how many times during my first marriage mm. I beat myself up and said, why, why did you pick her? <laughs> you know, what you pick her for? What's wrong with you? And it fit right in with her other her stuff like i was immature i was irresponsible i was this i was that i was you name it you know and uh so i don't know i you know i beat myself up and i just really didn't trust myself and so when i met my wife now Mm -hmm. i checked her out 
I mean, you know, my first wife, I think my hormones married her. She had great legs. <laughs> Prince, <laughs> you know? brother. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and my wife now, the uh, first question I asked her is, um, wh- you know, do you like your dad? <laughs> wow. Because my first wife, you know, had problems with her dad, and then, you know, I ended up taking him on. But, um, uh, you know, so my wife said, oh, yeah, I love my father. He's a great guy. Said, oh, good. You know, and I asked her probably a hundred questions after that. And then uh, there's a there's a feeling. I, she wanted to be with me. Mm. Um, see, my I thought, what does she want to be with me for? She's got a career. She was a nurse. She's got a sports car. She doesn't need me for anything, yeah. you know. And and uh, after my jujube doll got beat up so bad in the first marriage, you know. It was like, <clears throat> I was afraid that uh, she would abandon me mm. because I was just a beat up jujube, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, but she didn't, she hung in there and I just realized that I started to trust her, Yeah, you know, I was like, well, you know, I would mess up. I would do, you know, get in a fight with her and oh no, you're you're insinuating something about me you you know i get paranoid that she was gonna doing these things you know to try to manipulate control me mm. and then you know it would pass and i realized no she wasn't doing that that's just me being paranoid from all the stuff that has happened to me before and then little by little bit by bit <clears throat> i would trust her and uh, and then even ask I even ask myself now we've been married for 30 years and every once in a while I'll look at her and I'll say what are you doing with me <laughs> you know wow. it's like 30 oh, years man, she's stuck you, by you man you could <laughs> like you could have got better than me <laughs> but she loves me wow and that, that's it. You know, it's like, uh, it's what I always wanted. But, of course, I didn't trust it. I mean, it took years, years to trust that. Yeah. It's like, well, she's she's just going to, you know, at some point, she's just going to dump me. But she didn't. And she's uh, still here after 30 years, actually 33 years. Uh. I, I met her, you know, 33 years ago. But I'm just happy as heck that she's with me. And my attitudes have changed, though. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they like, have. I'm not so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my my, I'm not so obsessed with her. Mm. Like, if I mean, I had these. I was younger than, more narcissistic, you know, with my first wife. Well, if she ever cheats on me, I'm gonna put the guy in the hospital, and all, you know, and all. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do that now. I'm too, I'm too old for that stuff. 
and she cheated on me or left me or I would just be glad that I had her for for the length of time I did and I, I would yeah and I, I can't be anything but grateful for her and she's uh, no matter what happens I mean uh, I got 33 years of you know you know not the blissful happiness there's no such thing as that but of being happy you know you ask yourself at any one given time are you happy I might hit a couple bad spots but most of them would be yeah I am you know I am happy I'm so happy to hear that because what that just says it just it just communicates hope for me I read something uh, in your in your book you say that uh you know, men are more word-oriented. Now, I really honestly thought I was the problem here. I must tell you this, okay? I really mm-hmm. thought I was, yeah. a, I was a problem by taking words literally and, you know, putting too much meaning to, you know, words, especially when I'm insulted, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. you say, and, and, and you say women are not that verbal. And I've seen this come into play. Why, why do we take words this literally, you know? I I literally identified with what you said, you know? I take words very seriously. Why is that? No, it's a cultural thing. Uh, my wife will come up to me. I, I forget to take out the garbage, right? Mm-hmm. So the men come and, the, you know, they don't, the, the can's not outside, so we're stuck with the garbage for another week. Yeah. And, you know, she'll say, you forgot to take out the garbage. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I forgot that. And then she'll say, you never take out the garbage. And, of course, that's wrong because, of course, I take out the garbage. It's, it's, you yeah, know, yeah. it's not like I never take out the garbage. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I'll start arguing about that point, you know, about the word. And I'll, I'll say, yeah, yeah, it's like, well, obviously I took it out last week. And then, you know, that's not the point, though. The point is she feels that way. Hmm. I mean, whenever you hear the word never or always, it's a feeling, you know. So if I if I say to her, you know. You really, I know. If I were you, I'd be upset too. Yeah. You know, I'm. I'm sorry. I didn't take out the garbage this week, and uh, and then that would cool it off much, because now we're communicating feelings to feelings. Yes. Yes. But when you communicate feelings to logic, that's when you run into a problem. Mm-hmm. And women are feelings people. And uh, yeah, and men are logical, so uh, that's a big source of uh, contention. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you, you you're telling me that I then need to not take all these words literally, but look mm-hmm. at what feeling is being communicated, and you know, uh, talk to her from a feeling to feeling perspective. 
yeah, I mean, men kind of do it too. You, you go to work and you come home and you're just, you're shouting and then that damn boss and blah, 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 blah. You know? Yeah. Uh, you're saying a lot of stuff, but basically you're showing your feelings about the boss. Mm. And, you know, if your wife says, yeah, let's go, let's go shoot him. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, no, I don't want to really shoot him. Yeah. I, I still need him <laughs> um, to sign the check at the end of the, of the week. Yeah, I don't want to break his fingers because yeah. he has to sign the check. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so even men have feeling, you yeah. know, feeling to feeling stuff. My my podcast is really just a male male perspective, but I have a huge female um, following mm-hmm. or listenership. And one of the questions I want to ask maybe on behalf of the female listeners is, what what do you do when you get his jujube doll? What do you do with it? Just nurture it. You know? Yeah. Try not to manipulate it. Um, it's just like, you know, somebody falls in love with you and you know that they love you. You could use that. You could manipulate them. You could, you know, if you really love me, you'd lend me $50, right? And the answer to that is, I love you and I'm not going to lend you $50. (laughs) That's the answer. But, you know, uh, Love in this world gets manipulated so much, and and the jujube doll, you know that that that's the the love part. You're talking about the love part there, yeah. the vulnerability, the you know the, the bond, and so when that gets used, mm-hmm. um, then it, 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 that's abuse really because it should never be used um if you want to borrow fifty dollars it's not about whether you love me or not it's about whether i want to give you that fifty dollars or not yeah and keep the love out of it then um soon as you throw that in there well if you really love me you get good grades in school that's not true you know uh, I could get terrible grades in school and still love you. And um, so it's not about the love. And we we pollute love with these other things because we're, we want to get what we want. And never good. It's never good. Yesterday we were in a debate with some friends and the statement was asked, when you forget, does it mean you do not care? Hmm. You know, and, and we had this we had this heated debate because you know some people felt that you you don't forget to do the things for the people that you care about, but you know, I th- I think you forget because you forget, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I think that too. But if you have a memory like mine, where you know you're just forgetful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, like an absent-minded professor or something like that, yeah. then it, there really is 
such a thing as forgetting, and it's about the memory. And not everybody has a a mind like that. I mean, I envy guys that don't forget anything, and you know their processing speed is like twice or three times what mine is. And they're real sharp. They come good with the comebacks and all that. Mm. And I'm I'm just not that sharp. I'm, uh, you know, I can, I have an old computer, I guess. <laughs> you know, I have a Pentium 1 computer, <laughs> which will do the same thing that the, the Pentium 6 will do, but just does it slower. And so it's it's like that. And, uh, and, and I'm a forgetful person. I mean, I've always been that way. That's... I forget things for my own good, you know? It's like, I, uh, one time I forgot my briefcase mm-hmm. uh, on the, you know, I, I, do sem- I do seminars, did do seminars across mm-hmm. the country the last 15 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And I can't forget my briefcase. It has my projector in it and everything, but I forget that. Now, why would I forget my briefcase into a selective memory you know, for for some manipulative purpose. No, I would never do that. And so if I do stuff like that, then I'm just liable to forget things. People take things personally Mm. so much of the time when they shouldn't. You know, it's like, okay, Jay, you forgot to take out the garbage. You know, and then that means you don't love me. Yeah. You don't care enough about this home that you live in. Right, yeah. And it's anything else you can make up, you know? Yeah. It's like, no, I care about the house and I care about you and I forgot to take out the garbage, you know? That's just all there is to it. Dr. J, you, you talk about nasty women, you talk about nasty men. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, and I agree with you. It, some, sometimes it's not even so much about the gender. It's just you know, when people are nasty, people are nasty. Um, yeah, I, I want I want to ask you maybe as as we end this conversation, you know, how do you have you found a formula for people being nicer to each other? Have you found a formula on how we can understand each other better? Huh. Uh, well, the one. <clears throat> the one thing that is uh, is the the big formula, I guess, is the invalidation. Mm. Um, if if we can learn what that is, you know, invalidation. Uh, my ex wife, for example, mm-hmm. uh, she lived with that, mm-hmm. and and she was the favorite, though. Mm-hmm. in the family mm-hmm. she she was her father's favorite mm. and he was the invalidator mm-hmm. but he invalidated every she watched him invalidate his employees his her mother um anyone else he was very good at it mm. he was very good at what he did mm-hmm. and he knew he was doing it um most people aren't really like that maybe one percent yeah, it, it's like a, a power that they use over other people. 
my ex-wife used it because it just came natural for her. She she saw it used, and she saw you know him manipulate people all the time, and and she used it to manipulate me. And she, <clears throat> but it wasn't made up by her. You know, she, she just wanted she what she wanted. Yeah. And then she, this was her approach to it, which was a wrong approach. Mm. Because she'll win all the battles, but it eventually lose the war. And, you know, there'll be divorce. Because, you know, the person's just unhappy yeah. so often that yeah. you can't live in that environment. And she, but she didn't know any other way. Yeah. I even came home one time with my ex-wife and I said, here's what you're doing to me. Mm -hmm. This is after 10 years. So yeah. I'm kind of dumb. It took me a, a while to catch on. <laughs> it really did. So after 10 years, I come home like, this is what you're doing to me. Yeah. And she, she started to read it and she goes, oh, you know, you're invalidating my, by accusing me of invalidation. Oh, wow. That's what she said. And wow. she crumpled it up and threw it in the waste can. That, that, that's like a pro move right there, man. Yeah. <laughs> I said, if you don't read that yeah. and we don't discuss that, yeah. I'm out of here tonight. And of course, she didn't. Fine, she says. Don't let the door hit in the butt on the way out. So then that evening, you know, she was she was away at her friend's house. I was packing my suitcase, and she's <laughs> she comes home, mm -hmm. and I said, "Okay, I'll see ya." Well, where are you going? I said, "I'm moving out," and she said, <laughs> "Why?" I said, "I told you why." You know, we got to discuss about the invalidation. So she pulls it out of the waste can and reads it finally. Mm -hmm. And then we started talking about it, but mm -hmm. not, it was, you know, she didn't want to deal with it. She goes, fine, I won't do it anymore. She says, <laughs> wow. but uh, it's in her genes. But anyway, <laughs> and she, she didn't do it for, I think about two weeks. And I'm, you know, so I stayed, and in two weeks, I'm thinking, well, it's not so bad without that. <laughs> so then you start getting used to it again, and then the invalidation, it, it creeps back. So she must have known somewhere deep down what she was doing. Once I had gone and left, um, she could feel what it would be like without me. Yeah. And she didn't like it. So she wanted me back. And by that time, though, I was already emotionally divorced. I just couldn't be with her anymore. Wow. And, uh, you know... When when somebody beats up your jujube doll that bad, um, and and I you know I remember the moment, mm. the moment that the candle flickered and went out, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, normally, you know, you're with somebody, and you're still attracted to them. Yeah. Even if you get divorced, sometimes you're still attracted to them. Mm-hmm. But one time, she was invalidating me, mm-hmm. and I just—it was surreal. I looked at her, and I just realized that this will never change. Mm. You know. Nothing will ever change this. And I, you know, that was it. I said, well, that's it then. You know, I'm, I'm out of here. The light went out. Yeah. And so to look at the invalidation, that's the mechanism. And it's a, it's sad thing because there's, if they invalidate, a lot of times it's because they were invalidated. Nobody, nobody wakes up one day and knows how to do that. So they must have learned it from somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. learned it from someplace. And she would never go to counseling with me. It was uh, she. She said, "No, you go. It's your problem." <laughs> so I went. Uh, and I got better, mm-hmm. and uh, she didn't. <laughs> oh, Dr. Doctor J, I'm so grateful for the time that you've taken to share these insights with me. I'm particularly grateful that you've created this imagery for me that I'll forever hold. I mean, this really great imagery about something that I've been looking to articulate. Mm. And thank you for talking about invalidation because uh, then you've given us something to look out for. Yeah. You know, and and maybe a a way we can start to treat people better. And more importantly, thank you for sharing your story with me. I'm truly humbled. My pleasure. God bless you and have a great weekend ahead. And God bless you too. At the beginning of this episode, I said how I feel when I express my pain, especially if it is inflicted by a woman. Dr. J has put the right term to this behavior, invalidation. As I listened to his story, I could relate to his experience to many people in my circle, people who have been reduced by the people they love because their feelings have been systematically invalidated. I saw myself as well, unfortunately, as a perpetrator of invalidation. But there is another way. One that acknowledges the big picture. One that acknowledges the man for everything that he is, not just his fault. And for me, this is big because I have learned to also invalidate my own feelings. And I need to look at myself in the same light where I see the big picture. I see myself for everything that I am, not just my faults. In the words of Dr. J, I'm not suggesting that women spend their lives enabling and patronizing. This is not about telling a man he has the brightest gold chain or the biggest penis. Emphasizing a man's positive qualities is acknowledging the complete picture of who he is and what he has already done right. I believe that a man will feel even more motivated to please a woman he loves if he knows that, in general, 
she already thinks the world of him. Once a woman tells a man how responsible and caring he is, he'll usually do all he can to live up to that image, just to make her proud. He'll rise up and move mountains. Go on and validate the men in your life. God bless you.